Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Good afternoon. Hi. Hi. I would like to um, start this episode by apologizing in advance for the sound quality, because I will probably have a lot of background noise. Yeah, what's happening there? So we had a whole house fan installed today. So the worker for that just left. Oh, it's done already? So that's done. The guy ended up showing up like four hours ago. So he was here for a while. Because we had the whole house fan installed, we also needed to have an extra vent put into the attic. And so my husband husband's not done with that portion of things of course not so he is currently in the attic which attic is right oh god outside the door to the office and because of how the ladder is set up i do not have the door to the office closed right now so if you hear mm. all sorts of things that's, that's what it is so all i'll try right. to mute myself when i can but uh, okay yeah. All right. But um, I'm very excited to have a whole house fan. So <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have excited for in your forties. <laughs> right. First it's windshield, a new windshield wiper blades, and then it's a whole house fan. I got some of those a couple weeks ago. Oh. Every time I use them, I'm like, they're so smooth. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm excited because I had my tree delivered. Oh, good. Yeah. And it's really weird because the guy remembered me. He remembered where I was from and that I retired. And I'm like, how do you remember this? From when you bought the tree. No, I didn't see him when I bought the tree from the last time they delivered. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. So then I realized I had locked myself out of the house. Oh, geez. Yeah. So I'm like screaming the F word at the top of my lungs. My neighbors must love me. Uh, How did you lock yourself out of the house? Were you in the backyard or the front? I don't know. I went out the front. Then I went through the gate. Then I tried to go in through the back. And I was like, oh my God, I locked the door. So then I was going back around and I was thinking, how can I call you? My phone's in the house. Even if I went to a neighbor's, I don't know your phone number, know your area code, but that's about it probably walk to your place and then I realized oh I have the code to the garage how come you couldn't use the code on the front door well I could if I had thought of that oh I get it you were just in like a general panic so you weren't yeah yeah and I had spent a good part of this morning replanting taking some of my irises out of the buckets and planting them I got like eight out of the bucket and then the ground. But the more I do that, the more I realize this is missing and that's missing. And what happened to this? I'm missing like three irises that I've had for 15 years. And I'm like, did you throw those out when my back was turned thinking that I wouldn't notice they were missing because you're wrong. Are you blaming me? This is what you're saying right now? Yeah. How about when the uh, signs got thrown away by your yard workers? Oh yeah, they're in trouble too. Okay, good. Mm, You're all in trouble. Because I definitely didn't throw anything away. And I might as well tell you because, you know, we're miles apart and we're on more on air but i uh i ordered seven more irises oh my (laughs) effing god how many books have you purchased this year huh how many books i think seven measly irises is a drop in the bucket compared to what you have added to your book library Okay, if you say so. I don't know why this happens, but I, you know, I highlight stuff as we're doing a read so that I have my notes. And Mm -hmm. then I check before I export them. And I'm like, okay, yeah, all of my notes are here. I export them. I go to do my notes and I realize half my notes are gone. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me either. Do you highlight in the Kindle and then you highlight sometimes in your phone or do you do all your reading? Maybe the phone and the Kindle are not syncing with each other. One time I was so upset. One time I was reading and I had put my Kindle on airplane mode because sometimes 
when it's connected to the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi in my house is not very good. Mm -hmm. And so I put the phone on airplane mode to try to save the battery so it wouldn't constantly be searching for the Wi-Fi. And then my like Kindle glitched oh, God. and restarted. And because it was not connected to the internet, everything I had mm. highlighted and all the notes I had taken were lost. Mm. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, good times. But I, I'm excited to talk about this book. This was a um, short book to read. So so we'll talk fast. We'll see. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes we talk fast and sometimes we don't. So Yeah. So you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay. So the book we're going to be talking about is called Night Hunter. It's book one in The Devil of Harrogate. And the author's name, is it Kareen? Kareen? Katarina. Katarina. Oh, well, yeah. I'm missing half the letters on this. Martinez. Oh. They didn't, <laughs> apparently they didn't export either. So. Oh, geez. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because all I did was, okay, whatever. All right. So do you want to start with the synopsis of this book, the beginning? Yeah. You want me to start off just from chapter one? Go ahead. Okay. So this book is told mostly from the female main character's POV and a couple of times we get someone else's POV. So when we get the other person's POV, I'll point it out, but otherwise just assume that it's the female's mm -hmm. POV. Yes. So the book opens with the female main character covered in blood and she's sitting in an interrogation room. There's two guys, a brick Moore and house, and they're in the middle of interrogating her and trying to figure out her name. She doesn't remember her name or anything having to do with how she got there. And the guys brick Moore and house are calling her it and creature and things like fiend and outsider, which is kind of bizarre. Yeah. It's all mean. They're mean. They are very mean. <laughs> They're accusing her of murdering someone that they know. She doesn't have her memories, but she does have some instincts and muscle memory mm -hmm. um, because she is able at one point to make some wings come out of her back and she ends up kicking the asses of both of these guys. <laughs> yes, because she is fierce. All of a sudden, when kind of she's in the middle of like kicking these guys' butts, mm -hmm. She gets this like invisible, like force field, like immobilization, almost like a supernatural, like um, taser <laughs> happens to her. Mm -hmm. And she finally notices that there's actually a third guy in the room and he starts talking. That third guy ends up basically scolding the other two guys for underestimating her, not properly processing her before they started the interrogation. And that third guy ends up kicking the first two guys out of the room. Right. He's not happy with them. He's like, Where, why isn't she collared? I thought you said you could handle that, her. Yeah, but they obviously can't. Mm -hmm. Mystery Man has a voice that's like a purr, which, okay, yeah. already <laughs> trashed for him. Yeah. He smells delicious mm -hmm. to the female main character, and he's apparently hot as hell. So yes. he's checking all of the boxes immediately. Mm -hmm. And I'm already here for it. He ends up telling her that she murdered a citizen of what's called the Coalition on the streets of Devil Falls, which apparently is the city that they're in. He takes like, um, basically like supernatural handcuffs and chains her wings so that she like can't move her wings. I was like, that's kind of harsh and extra, but okay, I guess if you're a supernatural, this is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. And he tells some of the other guards to send her to the hole for attacking the first two people. But, um, but before that happens and he is observing her, there's a little blurb at the beginning of this chapter where they're talking about they had only heard of these creatures, their innate brutality, and that in their world, what she is was once considered an outcast. And now they're outcasts of the entire kingdom. And that they all came in through a passage through the rift. And once they came through this thing called the rift, it stripped them of their claim to royalty, but it didn't strip them of their, you know, ability to fight or wanting to conquest. But he felt like she was different. She looked a little different than 
the other quote unquote fiends that had come through this rift. He describes her as sublime. Yes. And he even says at one point that he can smell her specific scent Mm -hmm. throughout the prison. So he can kind of pinpoint where um, she is. Yeah. And he says, he thinks to himself, she was an outsider. She was the enemy, but he's very interested in her. Of course he is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or there'd be no story. There was a quote about her eyes I wanted to read. Mm -hmm. This is his uh, POV. Mm -hmm. He's known as the horseman. Mm -hmm. So the quote is, some might call me hollow and maybe that was true. And maybe it was also true that in that vast hollowness, her amber eyes burned like distant stars freshly winked into existence. Oh, nice. But then... His chapter ends with him say, thinking to himself that she was an outsider. Mm-hmm. She was the enemy. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like urban fantasy. Wouldn't you think this is like urban fantasy? I don't know what these labels mean. Oh, it's like a fantasy, but set in like the real world. Well, if you but consider maybe- winged creatures that come through a rift, the real world, then sure, Rachel, that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, like like Crescent City is an urban fantasy because it's like, book. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so like something like that where. Yes. Well, he ends up calling in somebody to take her someplace called the Hole. She's like, "What's the Hole? You know, where are we going?" She doesn't know what's happening. She's being told to shut up, and she's told, "I'm a madge, and that means I could stun your ass and do everything I need to do without your permission." But I prefer not to do that. Uh, and she hands her this collar and basically says to her we can do this the easy way or the hard way what's it going to be she ends up putting the collar on herself it closes automatically like it's magnetic and then it shrunk so she's like oh there's magic in this thing and then all of a sudden she could feel herself going cold on the inside she felt different and a little numb and then there are shackles she's all tied up They're not taking any chances with her. Are you yelling at those animals again? Hold on one second. Yeah, they're all, every single animal was locked up in a different room while that guy was here for four Mm -hmm. hours. So now that they're all free, would they want free reign of the entire house? No. They all want to be in the effing room with me while I try to do this. So they're all at different points crying at the door to be let in. Then they're crying because the location that they normally sit in while I'm doing this is occupied with some crap so now i need to move some of this crap out of the way so they can sit down so hold on one second oh my god i know i you know i'm gonna spell her (laughs) name because if i say it she'll come back in here but capital a n g e l was sleeping in the living room and i swear to god the instant we started this podcast i hear her start coming down the hall she comes into my office she's checking out all the boxes that she's checked a million times already and i'm like all i could think was jesus christ why god why yeah (sighs) anyways so the guard that is taking the female main character we still don't know her name at this point Mm -hmm to the whole that guard is a female guard Uh, her last name is sanchez Mm -hmm. i don't think we ever learn any of the guards first names you know their badges only have their last names on there but sanchez does say something when she's talking to the main character about outsiders Mm -hmm. and she said something to the effect of it doesn't surprise her that the female main character cannot remember anything because the outsiders are rumored to be amnesiacs so that was kind of interesting yeah this part where they came through the rift and it made them amnesiacs kind of reminded me a lot of the ruby dixon dragon series because they also come through this weird rift in the sky and when they come through they lose all their memories and a lot of them go insane oh interesting i haven't read those Mm -hmm. books yet yeah but then it departs from that so thank god because i would have been like oh come on yeah so okay so she ends up making her you know basically hoses her off with a fire hose she takes her clothes off she says she has very little sympathy for her and she's like i'm not gonna i'm not warning you again the girl whose name we don't know could tell that this guard was on high alert and ready to strike her in the event that something happens and the entire time she felt like somebody was watching her while this was going on the person whose name we don't know keeps saying to people this is a mistake 
they say I killed a man, but they won't tell me who I killed, right? Yes, correct. She doesn't know anything about how she got there. All she's doing is professing her innocence. Right. And so Sanchez takes her to the hole, opens the door, shoves her in, and locks her inside. And I guess it's like pitch black in there. So the hole is basically solitary confinement. Of course. Or it's supposed to be solitary <laughs> confinement. <laughs> I love this. Turns out she's not the only uh, person slash creature slash supernatural being in the um the hole right now yes (laughs) she hears a voice tell her you know mother says that i can talk to you which uh, okay that's so yeah it is it is creepy (laughs) and the voice is coming from the ceiling yes and the creature this thing is like a spider like creature and she's hanging on the ceiling Mm -hmm. so creepy her name is Aslu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very nice. She's like, my name is Aslu. What's yours? And the person goes, I don't know. I liked Aslu. I did too. She was pretty funny because she's like me. She basically says like, oh, the guards will forget that I'm in here. And I don't usually say anything. So like when you do get out of the hole, could you just maybe not remind the guards or not mention me so I could stay in here longer? Because I kind of like it in here to myself. It's kind of like me. Like, I don't mind it in here. So just leave me alone. (laughs) Right. She's like, they forgot I'm even in here. You know, and and she's like, well, how are you living? And she's like, I can go for a very long time without food. It was all very interesting. She hangs out on the ceiling. So they they won't know that she's in there. Mm -hmm. She's got a whole system worked out. We don't. We don't know much about her, like why she got in there, but she's been in there for a while and she's able to communicate with somebody she calls mother. Mm -hmm. And we find a little bit more about mother and that situation out later in the Mm -hmm. book. She tells her mother wants me to tell you something. She's like, what? And she goes, she wants you to remember who you are. And she's like, well, I I certainly have tried. They're like, well, you need to go deeper. And then she says to her, this place will try to break you. It will use the things that hurt you to attack your soul until you lose all will to escape. That was very sad. Seems like not a great situation, but it's kind of like the Death Eaters for Harry Potter, I guess, where they just kind of like sucks the life out of you. But it's the prison doing that. Yeah, and she tells her when she for when they first found her, they they took her and they beat her. This prison has a horrible reputation, apparently, for abusing these quote unquote outsiders. They threw her in this place, but slowly but surely her memories came back. And the more she knew about herself, the stronger she could hear quote unquote, mother's voice. The woman says to her, well, can I, will I be able to hear mother's voice? And she goes, no, silly. I'm an Arcanon and you are not, we are different. And she's like, you can't tell me what I am. She's like, well, I'd really like to, but mother won't let me. It's better (laughs) that you learn on your own. All these life lessons are everywhere. The main character ends up waking up to Brickmore that guard from earlier, hauling her out of the hole. She gets taken to an office and like basically tossed into the office for what's basically like the prison psychologist. Mm -hmm. Um, His name is Calder Graves. Mm -hmm. He says that he is a psionic and that he has mind control and that he is going to help her get her memories back. This is where the book got very bizarre to me. So this chapter was kind of weird because now Calder does like this really like straightforward kind of introduction with her about like what he's going to do and work with her very it seems professional at first but then all of a sudden he's like okay six turns out Mm -hmm. that's her name calls her six and he ends up putting her in like a trance Mm -hmm. and putting her under to try to unlock some of the uh, memories that uh, she has suppressed and he tells her I'm going to read a some a quote from okay. the book. He tells her, your name is Six, and you're a Saracon. Eight years ago, I found you chained up and freed you from the Crimson Hunters keeping you as their captive. And for the last eight years, you have been a valued member of the Obsidian Order. Oh, that's actually... That's not him saying that. That's actually a memory that she's having. Well, it's a woman talking to her and the woman's name is Celine. Yeah. So in her Mm -hmm. memory, she's like meeting with this woman and that's what the woman told her in the memory. Mm -hmm. And there's two more people standing there and she introduces them. Orion and Mm -hmm. Devon or Draven. 
And she's explaining, Celine's explaining, together we run the Obsidian Order. It's an agency that has completed countless missions with the purpose of making the world a better, safer place for people like us. She's all, do you recognize us? And she's like, I do. And she's like, oh, this is the Black Fortress. And that's her home. That's where she lives when she's not in prison. (laughs) Yeah, when she's not an inmate, that's where she's Mm -hmm. supposed to be. Celine says that Harrogate has to stop. Harrogate's the Mm -hmm. prison. And that brings us to your mission. It's like, okay, what's going Mm -hmm. on? She tells her that there's two parts to the mission. Uh, Both require you to take a life. Calder will explain more, but for now, here's the first part. She says, your mission is to hunt down and kill Randall Jensen. He's a guard at Harrogate Prison. Intelligence tells us he's slain as many as two dozen outsiders. Surveillance confirms it. Tonight, you'll find him, kill him, and be thrown into Harrogate for it. So it's like, okay, plot twist. That's how she ends up in the prison is she's killed this guy. So she did actually kill somebody. And but she's like a secret yeah, agent. She is. That was pretty cool. So we're in chapter five, and it's like already a massive mm-hmm. plot twist to the yeah. story. And they tell her they're going to try to break your bones and your mind, and you are not a fiend. You're a Sarah Khan. You're a fighter, and you're one of the best. That's why they picked her for this mission. Yes, she's very special. Mm-hmm. We'll find out more about yeah. that later. Calder ends up bringing her out of like the trance. And she's like, did that just happen? He's like, yeah. And she's like, I need to calm down. Oh, yeah. I remember my name is Six. And I remember my people. And she remembers him that he visited the Black uh, Fortress often. And that they were he was a match that was sympathetic to their cause. He's basically her handler mm-hmm. for her agent mission so she's the like undercover operative in the prison he's the one that's also planted in the prison but he has access to the other people like celine and the other agents with the agency so he's like the in-between person for yeah so the people at the prison he supposedly works for the prison but he doesn't because he's a double agent or whatever And he's in there supposedly trying to get her to remember that she killed this guy. Suddenly she realized she's like, I killed a man. And he assures her. He's like, well, this guy deserved it. And Calder is the one that suppressed her memories to begin with. Because if he Mm -hmm. didn't, when they brought her into the prison, when they do the first processing for the Mm -hmm. inmates they would have been able to figure out that she was a secret agent but because she herself didn't remember any of it at the Mm -hmm. time that's how she's able to like bypass this whole system secret agent stuff always makes me so freaking nervous i can't can't handle it i'd never be able to do it i'm like oh my god he's risking his life they're gonna find out who he is and kill him oh my god if they find out who she is they're gonna kill her i mean i'm not cut out for that Cut out for gardening, I guess. Does he tell her anything else at this point? He just tells her that this officer Randall was a hunter and he just went out looking for outsiders and that this group called the Coalition thinks that the people are better off. They're better than anyone else and that they're like a master race. And he tells her that the prison is under new management, that a few years ago it was attacked by a group of ma- of mages that were staging a prison break. And so they have increased security and they have done a lot of things to nullify active spells. When does she find out the second part of her mission and why she's in? Is this when she finds out? Yeah, because I couldn't remember and I didn't highlight because we didn't say that part yet. We didn't say what the second part of her mission was yet. So it happens in this chapter, though, I think, doesn't it? Or we can just say it now, even if it doesn't happen in this I chapter. I think it does happen. in the. Oh, yeah, it does happen. Go ahead. So the second part of her mission is to get close to the horseman and kill him because he's supposed to be the biggest of the bad and he's supposed to be the one that's doing all these horrible things to outsiders that's why they were saying you have to take two lives she already took the first one now she has to complete the second part of her Mm -hmm. mission kill the horse before she'll get taken out of the prison yeah because he asked her what happened you know when they interrogated you and that's when she tells him there were three guards in the room but there were there were only He says, oh, that's weird because it only says two in the report. Then when she starts talking about who this third person was, he says, 
they call him the horseman of devil falls and he's the highest ranking guard in the prison yeah, they describe okay. him as the tyrannosaurus rex made of solid titanium what's a vivimancer he's a vivimancer i don't vivimancer uh maybe he can take lives necromancer can take the dead and bring them back to life maybe a vivimancer can take life away. yeah i have never seen that term before what is this oh reddit it's trying to get me to uh download the app no thank you just tell me yeah i hate that (laughs) yeah so he it tells her you know he's a ruthless monster but he's like a hero to his people Mm -hmm. yeah and because that he won't expect an attack from an inmate that's why they've planted her in the prison yeah okay so her goal is to get close to him and take him out Mm-hmm. Okay, so after she's done with Calder, she gets taken to a cell, cell number 13. Mm-hmm. Lucky number. And she meets her cellmate. It's a woman named Odessa. Odessa is a water elemental, and she kind of leaks water. But then at the same time, Odessa tells her, I already have the top bunk yeah. claimed, and, but, but be careful because yeah. I leak. And so why would she be such a jerk that she has to sleep on the top bunk? If she leaks, she should sleep on the bottom, but that's just me. Well, prison etiquette yes, 101. But... Don't leak on your oh, cellmate. Honey, there, there is no prison etiquette. I'm, it scares me that you think it's... there would be. <laughs> Please don't. This is how she pisses on mm-hmm. her uh, competition by leaking on her all night. Anyways, yes. it's gross. Basically, Odessa tells her that she'll show her the ropes of the prison in exchange for some protection because. Um, whatever six is the Saracon, she's like this race is known to be like the a big bad. And so Odessa's like, okay, like you would be good for like my mm-hmm. bodyguard. And so you do that. And in exchange, I'll do this yes. for you. So they end up going um to lunch in the cafeteria. And of course they have like right yeah, they're away. Not there five seconds. They have a run-in with someone called Knives. Mm-hmm. Um Knives is asking Odessa for some stuff that uh, she is owed, but Odessa doesn't have it right now. They get into a fight of course because six is now like the bodyguard for odessa she like ends up jumping in right away they get like this big prison style cafeteria brawl yes. like you would mm-hmm. imagine and then she gets taken six gets taken to see the horseman mm-hmm. afterwards the sexual tension between the horseman and six was so good <laughs> it's just yeah constant. it was constant and it was like oh my god it do i'm not gonna say anything else at this point okay so he does some like kind of growly and of course he's kind of growly like sniffs the air and then he's like you're bleeding who hurt you (laughs) (laughs) he is able to like i think she's bleeding on her arm so he's able to like take the injury and heal her yeah with his power yeah that was kind of cool and we don't know what he is yet either yeah, he's, we just know he's supposed to be the bad guy in the story. Yeah, and at, w- at one point he's, you know, like, he's tipping up her chin to look at her, and she's thinking he's so close now. His eyes are so beautiful green with a lovely pattern. Is he going to kiss me? She's thinking, is he going to kiss me? So um, he shows her some photos. Mm-hmm. At first she thinks they're crime scene photos for why she's mm-hmm. in the prison, but they're not. They're photos of markings, like a tag, like gang style markings. Yes. But the markings are in her language. So because they're in her language, he wants her to help him figure out who it is and like, what do they mean? All these sorts of things. She ends up telling the horsemen that the markings are to indicate the borders of what's called a crimson hunter their territory so because these markings are seen i think not that far from they're in devil falls yeah so because they're like in that city or like near the Mm -hmm. prison it's like they're encroaching on like the territory here and they're obviously expanding their gangland property yeah and he says to her i've never seen those markings around here before what what does it mean and she goes it means you're in deep shit and he's like do you think this is amusing 
And she goes, it's certainly ironic. <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely, he's supposed to be so freaking scary and terrifying. And she, I don't think ever once backs down from him. I don't think she does either. She's never afraid of him. Mm-hmm. He ends up telling her she has to help him find these people and figure out what's going on. And she's like, what do I care? Like, I'm in here. You got me like collared. The collar suppressed all her Mm -hmm. magic. He says that because the Crimson Hunters are expanding their territory, they're a threat to everyone. Mm -hmm. And he makes a comment like when they come to the prison, because they will eventually like expand this far and attack us as well. I won't be the one stuck in a cell with my magic collared. You will. So it's in your best interest to try to right now that's how he convinces her to try to help yeah and he called her them her people and she's like they're not my people they held me prisoner they chained me up she describes them as a storm of teeth and with claws and unbridled rage so we get a short um chapter in his Mm -hmm. pov his povs are like three pages if even usually um he basically just thinks about how much he likes her and that she isn't afraid of him but very typical i'm the bad guy so i have to turn off my emotions and this would never work because we're enemies but he does at one point think that she would have been a good mate yes. if things were. So I was like, oh, yes. okay, okay. <laughs> I see you, huntsman, the horseman. Why am I calling huntsman? So yeah, yeah. that was a uh, yeah. Cute. And she's—he's thinking, well, she's going to find them for him, and he's going to kill them all for what they did to his people. And when she leaves his office, she gets sent to the hole again. She's there overnight. <laughs> what? So she. She's always in the freaking hole, but she got sent to the hole because of that cafeteria fight, yes. right? That's why she got sent. But there. there's yeah. no Aslu this time to talk to. She's there by herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is actually in solitary this yes, time. Yes, <laughs> right. And she's thinking about being near him and saying, you know, she feels a rage that's turning into a blazing fire when she's near him. Is it a rage or is it just, Oh, yeah. You know, we, yeah, well... Fire mm-hmm. in That's your exactly what it is. <laughs> so she ends up being in the hole for 12 hours. And I think she spent all 12 of those hours thinking about the Yeah, and even dreaming that she was fighting, having a fight with him. So oh, go then ahead. the door is unlocked the, and her fantasy goes away. And it's the Sanchez guard again. And she's going to take her back to her cell. And she's like, do I have to stun you and drag you back by your hair? She's like, no, she just gets up and follows her. And they're taking her outside this time to the yard. It's their like one hour of outside time. Mm -hmm. So she finds Odessa. I think it's raining at this point. Goes outside and Odessa loves it. She's like literally standing in the rain, like soaking Mm -hmm. up, probably literally soaking up all the water. Right, yes. She's standing there loving it. And Six wants to know where Knives is. And she's told she's not back yet. But then she also talks to Odessa about what happened with Knives. And we find out that Odessa is a smuggler. Mm -hmm. And she has this whole operation set up where she smuggles things into the prison for people if they pay her. So Knives had paid her for something to get smuggled in. Odessa hadn't gotten the item yet. So that's why Knives was so mad. Yeah, she she thinks Odessa stole her money. And then there's like a fight breaks out and they're told they have to go back inside. And Odessa's really upset because they only just got out there. Well, and she's also upset because of the lunch fight that happened. The lunch time. Yeah, they're really inhumane. They didn't even get to really eat and Odessa tells her as they're walking in she's trying to get Six to go to the commissary for her and talk to this person her connection and get Knives item that she wants to get her off her back and Six is like no because she's got other things she needs to focus on she can't be getting involved in other people's stuff I did like that she told her no because like it's bad enough that Odessa is making Six be her bodyguard Mm -hmm. now she wants to her into the smuggling thing yeah no dude i got my own i got my own secret operation i'm trying to do right now yeah (laughs) yeah and so the next thing she knows she's sleeping it's the middle of the night the door comes flying open the lights go on and there's two guards in full tactical gear and they're pointing assault 
weapons at her at her head and they came with officer bickmore uh he's got his gun out and he tells her you're coming with us and she's like what the hell is this and where are you taking me and he ends up smashing her in the side of her cheek with his gun he is jerk that if she doesn't instantly you know obviously they had that fight at the beginning of the book so he has no reason to Mm -hmm. like her but he definitely takes the like heavy hand every yeah and she's like do you only hit women when they can't hit back he goes yeah he goes to hit her again and odessa who's awake now grabs his hand so that he can't hit her. He go, then he turns on Odessa. Sanchez comes walking in and tells her, you know, that's enough. And he's like, well, I'm just subduing a threat. And she's like, you're telling me two unarmed suppressed inmates are somehow a threat to you. And six goes only to his masculinity. Odessa and Brickmore have a little something going on. We don't really have all the details mm-hmm. for it, but they, I'm assuming they have some sort of relationship or maybe Odessa is like a siren and that's her like water elemental thing because she calls Brickmore like yeah. Bricky. He's always kind of sweet talking mm-hmm. him. But they have kind of this weird relationship um, they hook up every once in a mm-hmm. while kind of thing. Well, while he's telling Odessa, you know, you're going to get thrown in the hole for this. The four guards are taking her down the hallway and she doesn't know what's going on. And then she freaks out thinking that her cover was blown. And she's like, oh God, how would they know who I was? Did Calder break and tell them? And if it was true, she was. they were going to kill her. She would never be heard of again. So they do end up taking her to the horseman, but it's not for the reason that she's panicking Mm -hmm. about. The horseman like throws a bunch of clothes at her, tells her she needs to hurry up and change. And that they're basically going on a field trip because there's a madge that was found dead about 15 minutes. He says 15 minutes Mm -hmm. ago. They're going to the crime scene to do an investigation. So now it's like, let's get to work time. Yeah. So she puts on her clothes and he tells her the incident involved the crimson, or she asked, did it have to do with the crimson hunters? And he says, yes. And then there they head out to try to find, because they're trying to protect not just the native people, the innocent outsiders that are in devil fall. So they've got to find out why these crimson hunters are showing up there. So they go to an alleyway in Devil mm-hmm. Falls, find the victim. He's strung up. It's just like a disgusting uh, crime horrible. scene. There's blood mm-hmm. everywhere. She, Six, is looking at the crime scene, trying to take it all in. And then after a little while, she's like, okay, well, like, show me where the tags are, these, like, graffiti-style uh, yeah. tags. She's like, well, show me those so I can see those, too. I don't remember if it's the horsemen or the other police officers that are there. Tell her, like, well, there's no tags. She's like, well, okay, that's a yeah. huge red flag. No blood pun mm-hmm. intended. Like, that's a problem because if there's no tags, that means they're still yeah. here and that they're not done mm-hmm. killing. Yeah, so, so we need to get out of here. Yeah, she basically tells him, like, we need to fucking run. Like, we yes. gotta go, you know, 4.5 seconds after she's like, let's get out mm-hmm. of here. Three of the Crimson Hunters basically, like, come out of the walls and appear yes and the guards that had accompanied that the horsemen and her they are screaming and they're trying to fire their gun and these things just sound terrifying they're the one of the guards is picked up in the air they're just thrown against a building and one the third one starts attacking the horsemen and she's kind of doesn't know what to do because she's her, her hands are bound and she's trying to get out of the way. She tries to hide behind a dumpster while the fight's going down. Well, and it started with three of the Crimson Hunters, mm-hmm. like, come out of the wall of a building, yeah. basically. But then they, like, shit ton of them appear. So there's a million of these Crimson Hunters now. But she ends up mm-hmm. recognizing one of yeah, them. Yeah, because of the scar that runs down his jaw. His name is Sorzath? Sorzath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to say that wrong yeah. every time. Turns out he was part of the group that held her captive when she was a mm-hmm. kid. Um, I think they say eight years ago. We don't really know her age at this point, but I'm assuming she was a kid then. She thought that she had killed mm-hmm. him. And so she starts like kind of verbally fighting with this guy. Then she starts like actually fighting with this guy. Yeah, because she's 
the horseman is just getting overwhelmed. She says the, <laughs> she describes the horseman. The horseman was a massive specimen of a man, a vision of Adonis garbed in a dark suit. Yeah. Sounds even while, <laughs> even while, even, <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that no. So even while I was going to say, even while this <laughs> fight is going down and they're being inundated with these crimson hunters, she is observing how amazing he is and what an incredible fighter he is. He's basically fighting all of these crimson hunters by himself while she hides behind the dumpster and gets like her ass handed to her by Sorza. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure what ends up happening, but the fight ends because the horseman does basically like an atomic yeah. bomb sort of like magical explosion mm -hmm. thing and he like neutralizes all of the crimson hunter uh, threats yeah because she is screaming at Sorsap to let go of the hunter and the in the horse or the horseman and the horseman yells out i don't i don't need your protection and he tells her when i'm done with the horseman i'm gonna kill you he says horrible things of what he's going to do to her. Yeah, he's not a good guy. Yeah, so he, the horseman does that explosion and he picks her up and throws her over his shoulder and they and takes off running. So they get back to the prison and then the horseman instantly starts interrogating her. He thinks that she called them, that oh, yeah. she set up some sort of trap, that she has an in with the crimson hunters and that he's really pissed off because four of the like uh, officers mm -hmm. that were there died in the battle so he's super pissed off she's of course you know fighting back with him because she's not scared yeah of him. she's all it obviously was a trap they set you up they killed a, a badge of yours on your own turf they knew you'd go out there to meet them and you don't blame me because you were stupid enough to fall for that trap it's really good then she's like well if you want to fight we'll fight but you're going to take this collar off yeah. of me so that we're a little mm -hmm. even and so he does take her collar mm -hmm. off but they don't end up fighting they end up kissing yeah. of course <laughs> they need to have some way to um get out their uh hate and their frustration yeah so what better way than angry sex Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, um, and she thinks she... at this point she could kill him right now because he's up against her. She could make her claws extend and stick them in his abdomen and just gut him. Yeah, she thinks, or she says, I hate you. I hate everything you are and everything you do. And he just says, good. <laughs> and then he kisses, <laughs> he kisses mm -hmm. her neck. <laughs> yeah. She's like, but my claws never pierce and, his skin. Instead, I, you know, just pull him closer to me. Oh, yeah. They're ripping each other's clothes off. He fucks her up against mm -hmm. the wall. It's like fast and they furious. They climax simultaneously. Of yes. course they do. But as yeah. soon as they're done, he starts getting dressed. And all he says to her when they're done is, you're going back to the yeah. hole. And you think about what happened tonight and figure out how you'll do better next time. And she goes, give me a week yeah. then. There's a lot to process. And the cell blocks are too noisy. Yeah, that's it's funny. <laughs> yeah, and as she's leaving, he asks her, They the Crimson Hunter said to her, see Heska Resk? And he as she's leaving, he's like, what, what does that mean? Is that your real name? And she's like, why do you even care? And he's like, well, I'm just curious. And she turns around and goes, it means the holy bitch. That's mm -hmm. important. So she's one of, not one of the few, but I think the she's only. like the mm -hmm. only Saracon creature thing that always has this glamour of looking like a normal person. Otherwise, they look like these horrifying creatures. So she's like a, an outsider, mm -hmm. really an outsider, because she's completely different even from her own species. Right. Yeah. The horseman is, of course thinking about her as she leaves and he he's thinking well she made me feel alive and you know she, he's trying to tell himself again she's still the enemy but you know her her whimpers and her moans were all music to my ears oh and while they were doing it she reached over and bit the thick part of his thumb and <laughs> i don't know why but the way that was written it was really hot 
And it's one of the things he's remembering. And he's saying, that's the thing that sent me over the edge and into a place of unbridled passion. I liked that part too, when she bit him. Because I'm a sucker for the yeah. mate bite. So I was like, oh, she's starting like the mate bite mm-hmm. process. So hopefully that will come back later on that when she because she like bit him so much he bled yeah and he we, because we don't know anything about him he's thinking it awoke and it woke something up inside of me something that's been buried really deep down and hidden something ancient but i couldn't tell her being with her is making him overwhelming feelings of filling up that hole inside of me and he's trying to stop himself for do from doing this because he's tried to condition himself to be unfeeling and cold and ruthless he's an unfeeling yeah. monster and she's giving him the warm and fuzzies <laughs> <laughs> and we can't have that he's like the and his heart is growing three sizes yeah but he he's, he also thinks he has to ensure that she doesn't see him as the monster she already thought he was and he, he thinks the uh-huh. idea that he was even concerned about her opinion was laughable because he cannot believe it that he cares so she ends up spending three days in the hole which i was actually surprised that she spent that long in the hole when he said he she was going to the hole yeah. he meant it mm-hmm. she's in there for three days she actually only gets out early because she has another meeting with mm-hmm. calder she ends up updating calder on what happened and kind of the assignment that she's helping the horseman on um she leaves out all the sex though obviously yes conflict of interest in her uh, murder assignment she doesn't want to have calder know how compromised Mm -hmm. she is as a secret agent so she doesn't tell him any of that when she gets back to her cell after that visit with calder dessa questions her about you know why were you gone for three days why did they rip you out of the cell what's going Mm -hmm. on six refuses to tell her anything because it's basically a secret Mm -hmm. assignment and Odessa gets upset with her, and especially because Odessa had to spend that night in the hole trying to help her with the whole Brickmore situation. Right. So they're kind of fighting now at this point and not having a great cellmate mm, relationship. Which is never a good thing in prison. She gets another unwanted visit from Brickmore yep. and House. She's constantly getting woken up I from know. this jerk. Um, they take her to the uh, mm-hmm. horseman. He has a prisoner a crimson hunter Mm -hmm. in an interrogation room and he wants six to speak to this guy this guy requested to speak to her so the horseman wants six to talk to this guy and figure out what he wants the guy in the interrogation room tells six that sorzath marked her for a target of what's called a sacred hunt And the sacred hunt was the Crimson Hunter's holiest of traditions. Tradition, or it's said that these things are declared by God. So once a sacred hunt is started, they cannot be called off. So basically, he's put a hit out on her. Yeah. This guy in the prison is there to tell her, like, you're screwed. Yeah, and she thinks he's lying, but he's not. She's like, my other, the rest of my people wouldn't stand for it. And her people are very suspicious and religious. So sure, they, they would. Then this prisoner ends up like, like their paper. He rips his shackles, frees Mm -hmm. himself from this bonds he was in and ends up biting the shit out of six's neck shoulder yeah it's really horrific um he says that he wants to have a taste of her before sorzath gets her in this sacred hunt Mm -hmm. of course the horseman comes in he rescues her takes six to his quarters because of course he does why would he take her to yeah he carries her to his place he heals her shoulder um she goes to thank him and he just says that he can't lose an asset. So, of course, he th- he mm-hmm. saved her. Oh, what a dick. This is their first interaction, really, after they right. fucked. And this is what he says. Like, oh, yeah. gut punch. He goes into the bathroom to kind of get some, like, towels or washcloths or mm-hmm. something. And while she is alone in his rooms and his quarters she ends up grabbing a knife off of the weapons rack. She's like, okay, this is obviously a test. But I do need a weapon to kill him with at some point. Yeah, because, so guess I'll just. Yeah, because it was not the last time she was in there. There was no dagger on the rack. It, they were all larger 
weapons of death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's like, obviously this was planted for him to try to test me, but it's too good of an opportunity to not Yeah, so do. he's washing his hands in the bathroom and she's walking up behind him. But of course she doesn't stab him because she Well, can't. he tells her, I may be able to help you. You know, maybe your glamour is more powerful than the others. You know, you're supposed to be able to control your your glamour, but they, she can't. So she's like, maybe yours is more permanent than the others and I can help you figure out what it is. And she's like, what? She's pretty shocked that he's willing to to help her. And he says, you know, maybe your real appearance is, is still hiding from you. She's like, why would you do that? And he's like, well, you're assisting me with the Crimson Hunters. So that's why she doesn't mm-hmm. kill him. And But he does okay. tell him, she does tell him about this, the sacred hunt that has been put out on her and that now there's a death sentence. She's got a target on her back. Uh, yeah. I didn't have notes on that. Okay. Yeah. And so he said, well, he, she also tells him that guy let himself be caught. You didn't catch him. He allowed himself to be caught because now he's a hero to hit to his people. Yeah. Like right. a martyr. So when they're done talking uh, Brickmore comes oh back <laughs> to retrieve mm-hmm. her. Ho- the horseman tells Brickmore to like take her back to her cell. But instead of taking her to her cell, he ends up dumping her in a room with knives, Odessa, and a bunch of knives, cronies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the knives and Odessa are questioning her about the horseman. They really want to know what's going on with her. They know that she has some sort of understanding with him. Six refuses to tell them anything and they get in a well, big fight. Well, on top of it, none of them are wearing their collars. She's the only one wearing the collar to suppress their magic. It's a really unfair oh, matchup yeah. in a lot of ways. Because there's a lot of them and they all have all their abilities at this point. Yeah. And Nye is some sort of shifter and she's scary as hell when yes. she shifts. Yeah. And I, I don't know why, but they're all, why is he giving you special treatment? What's in it for you? I don't know why she couldn't just say, well, I'm helping him. I, he wants me to explain or interpret these symbols that are the language of my people. I don't know. But she doesn't. She's like, I'm not going to tell you shit. Yeah, she doesn't tell them anything. And she ends up getting her ass handed to her by knives. Yeah. And she like breaks a few ribs. Like, she's really messed yeah. up. And brickmore actually helps her finally mm-hmm. for the first yeah. time he stops the fight and he only because he says like you can't kill her because then the horseman is going to be after all of us so like stop kicking the shit out mm-hmm. of her you gotta be done now so she gets taken out of the room she passes out as soon as he like carts her mm-hmm. out of there she comes to in the freaking yeah. world again <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, she might as well just move her cot in there. I know, yes. this poor bitch. So of course he didn't take her to the nurse or anything because it's like a secret assignment to kick the shit yeah, out Yeah, he was her. supposed to be taking her to the showers, but instead he took her to get the shit yeah. kicked out of her, almost killed, and then thrown in the hole. Uh-huh. At least as Aslu's in the cell again this time. Thank goodness. Yeah, but Aslu... <laughs> Um, Six wakes up in the hole with Aslu, but she's like, I picture like the Matrix, you know, when Neo like finally comes to in the Matrix and he's in that like jello mm-hmm. mm-hmm. thing and he's got like all that slime yeah. and shit. This is how I picture Six because Six has some like weird, gross healing <laughs> mucus from Aslu all over yes, her body. Yes, but if she didn't have it, she would have died. Uh, yes. No, it's, it's a good thing, but it also yeah. freaked me out. Yeah, Aslu tells her, you were very badly hurt. And now you're not, mostly. Yeah, Yeah, now now you're you're better. better. So they have a long talk. Um, Aslu questions her on a bunch of stuff, which I really liked. Aslu has, like, insider information on a lot of things that are going on because of Mother and these conversations she has with, like, Mother, who's, like, a goddess from the other side. Yeah, we find out who Mother is. like, insider. Yeah, so Mother is an actual being and not just like a figment of her imagination. Mm -hmm. She basically um, 
questions six like uh are you are you sure you know what you should do like i know that this is like your yeah. assignment that to kill the horseman like i know that you're here to kill the horseman but is he really as bad as you think he is and like i know you have facts and you've been told all this intel do you have but- all the facts Yeah. And sometimes the facts are wrong and weigh the facts that you have versus your interactions with him. And she also says that there are far greater devils in Harrogate than the man you know as the horseman. Yeah, that's scary. So that's kind of a little mystery Mm -hmm. and intrigue. Mm-hmm. Light. And then the horseman and Sanchez arrive at the hole and the horseman takes six out. He's of livid, there. but he he's running to the hole because he didn't know she was in there. So he asks Six, why were you in the hole? She refuses to tell him mm-hmm. anything. She's like Fort Knox. When yeah, no kidding. She won't tell anybody. Yeah, he's like, what were you doing there? You were supposed to get, go to the shower and then go back to your cell. I didn't even know you were here until just now. You are you were hurt again. Yeah, she just says, like, whatever Brickmore told you is correct. He's like, well, Brickmore said you were insubordinate. She's like, well, then yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, at okay. That. She does twist it in her favor, though, and she turns it around and ends up blackmailing the horseman for a mm-hmm. new room. She says, basically, that you're not as in charge here as you think you are or as everyone else here thinks you are because obviously Brickmore can do whatever the fuck he wants like right. he did with me so I'll keep this whole situation on the down low if you give me my own room you give me a different cell and you let Asloop come with me yeah but then he agrees but then his counter thing that he wants to do is have her shower oh, in yeah. his room and change mm-hmm. the heat first then your cell will be ready and- it's kind of cute. He's like, okay, I'll give you a, sure. I'll give you your own room, but only if you let me kind of take care mm-hmm. of you. Yeah. Cleaned up. So she does, but he ends up leaving. He just leaves her in there. Yeah. Because apparently he trusts her now. He's like, I have other things I need to do. You go soak in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. But then he also thinks like, I can't be in here yeah. with her as he's so like riled up from her. So then it switches to his POV and his POV is basically him running through the prison to get to this yeah. like a secret chamber thing. He goes through all these locked doors and all these things and he ends up chaining himself up at the end. Right. He's got some sort of like inner beast and he was about to like run out of time like Almost like he has a set, like every 12 hours he has to do this to himself and let the beast out for a little bit sort of thing. It's not very Hmm. clear, but it was very intriguing to me. I was very interested in what was going on. Yeah, and while he's running to this place to lock himself up, he sends a message mentally to the warden. I don't have it marked. Um, It says, crossing the boundary triggered a warding spell of my own design erecting a wall of near impenetrable energy at the entry to the elevator and sending a message directly to the warden's mind alerting him to what i was about to do he was the only one that needed to know what was about to happen this secret was ours and ours alone a covenant signed in blood so something, there's something between him and the warden. That's right. I forgot about that. He's got some sort of agreement with the warden or yeah. something. Or the warden is the only thing, the only one that knows what sort of creature he maybe, is. Maybe. I don't know. But he gets shackles himself just in time. And he thinks now the beast could come. So then Sanchez escorts Six to her mm-hmm. new cell. A few days pass. And she ends up not hearing anything from anybody. It's kind of like things are okay. She gets escorted to Calder's office. But when she gets there, Calder isn't Mm -hmm. there. So she's obviously freaking out. Like, where the hell is Calder? The person that is there, though, is the warden. Um, He says that Calder is gone. um, In that he's going to help her transition to her permanent position in the facility. It's very scary. It is very scary. And the book ends with her freaking out about the quote-unquote permanent position. And now she feels like she's stuck in the prison. And what the hell happened to Calder? She's freaking out. But she does think that the warden is very handsome. Yeah, Yeah, she goes on and on about how he's classically good looking. (laughs) And he has broad shoulders. But she doesn't, she has no idea what's going on. Maybe the warden is called, is uh, the horseman's dad? I don't know. I don't know. But she's like, take me back to my cell. And he's like, you know, you're not the one calling the the shots here. 
And Calder was mm -hmm. her only connection to the outside world, to the people, the Obsidian Order that she was working with. You know, how does she, is she going to get out of the prison now? Oh my yes. God, she's barking at me because she wants me to feed her dinner. She thinks oh, yeah, that she's the boss of me. And believe me, she is. Who am I kidding? <laughs> All right. So that is how the book ends. Uh, do you want to start talking about the pros and cons of the book? Would you think? Okay, go sure. ahead. <laughs> oh, geez. I see mm -hmm. what you did there. Tricky. So this book was only about 160 pages mm -hmm. long, which was nice. It did end on this cliffhanger, this like, I would kind of consider it a mild cliffhanger, but it was a cliffhanger. So that, you know, just go into the series knowing that every book in this series is probably mm -hmm. really like that. But I felt like it was a really fast read and each chapter was really yeah. short, which I liked. The Horseman's POVs were like, literally like two or three pages mm -hmm. each. And all the other chapters were really like, less maybe 10 pages each so it really flew by which i liked um the action was pretty good um there was always something going on but again i with, her. with these books that are short that are cliffhangers like this again i would rather have a longer book that wraps things up i could see that because i still have questions about what the horseman Yeah, I have is. a million questions. How is she going to get out of the prison? What is she really? How How is she going to survive this, you know, this murder contract that's out on her? I could see that. I, I didn't really mind it. I think it was like, I, I liked it enough to, that I would be interested in reading the next book. Because it was such a, like, quick mm -hmm. read. And it is so short and it is in mm -hmm. KU. So... Like, even though I do have a lot of questions, it wasn't, like, horrible. And I'd probably give this three and a half panties. Yeah, I also, I gave this book three panties. I don't like, well, of course, four is usually my highest rating. So that's why I like the book. I thought it was good. I liked her character. Um, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. But again, I don't like books that are cliffhangers. I want to know what's happening. I want things wrapped up. Um, so that's why I didn't give it up a, a higher rating than that. I probably won't read the next book. And that is only because there are so many other things I want to read. Um, I thought the book was good. I really liked her character. Yeah, I like, I mean, I probably would, would put the next book in my list of would like to read and stick it in somewhere in between the other books that I already want to read. That's exactly how I feel. It was such a like fast and easy mm -hmm. read that I could definitely like read that within like a day or two and just have it be like an easy, interesting read. Liked her, mm -hmm. liked the horse. I don't really have any real complaints about it. I thought it was okay. I thought it was, the only, you know. The only complaint good. I have is that I felt like every time you turned around, this girl was being walked to the hole. She was constantly walking somewhere. Oh, she was always getting um, woken yeah. up or dragged around by brick mm -hmm. more. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this yes. son of a bitch is always I can't wait until she, uh, hopefully she does at some point, just slits him from stem to stern. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought it was a pretty good book, honestly. Yeah, okay. I agree. So this was a good find. This was a Super random find. I think it was an Amazon suggestion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes they actually pay off, right? <laughs> yes. So yeah. this is a good one. This was a brand new author. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to talk about the next book? We actually have the next two books picked we do. out. <laughs> we do. <laughs> okay, what are they? I know the first one. Oh, yeah, I well, do. We I, okay, never mind. Yes. Yes, exciting. Yeah, so w the next two books that we're going to talk about, we're going to make them two-part episodes. So it'll be four episodes total for these two books. Um, I'm not sure which one we want to do next. Either one is fine with me. But the next two books are going to be Kiss of Midnight by Lara mm -hmm. Adrian and also Broken by the Horde King by Zoe Draven, which is actually book four in her... Um, Did you series. read the third book? I am reading the oh third book right now. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should do the fourth book. 
Because I just finished the J.R. Ward vampire book. So you want to do the fourth one next? The Broken by yes. the Ward King? Okay, that works yeah, for me. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, I'm reading book number three right now. And so these books are all part of the same series, but each book features a different main couple. So I think even though it's book number four, we could just do like a really small, they're really not connected that much we could do a very quick like overview of how the books are connected to one another before we dive into book number yeah four. i agree and i think we should do that but yeah we'll, we'll, we could talk offline about um the third book when you're done let me know i'd like to talk to you about it okay yeah we're obviously liking the series since you've read all three i'm reading book number three right now and that series is in KU. So if anybody wants to start binging the series before we do episode for book number four, start now. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of funny because I stumbled upon that series. And the reason we didn't do book one is because we had just reviewed the Orc book. I thought they were too similar. I was afraid they were going to be too similar. So I said, I don't think we should do this book. And I ended up reading it on my own. Well, couple of things. One, it wasn't like the orc book. And two, I really, really liked it. So it was a really good find for, I, I would check it out. If you guys like this kind of stuff, I would definitely check it out. And we will talk about book four. Yeah, I, I'm liking this series too. So definitely recommend it. And then Kiss of Midnight is supposed to be, that was recommended to me by somebody I know through mm -hmm. Instagram. I had asked for a recommendation of a vampire series Similar to Black Dagger Brotherhood. And this was one of the books that was recommended. This is a Kiss of Midnight is book one in a series. If we like that one, I will give the person mm -hmm. a shout out for recommending it. Um, if we don't like it, I don't want to sure. call her out. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've read all of the, I just finished book 20 in the Gerald Ward Black Dagger Brotherhood series lover arisen so if anybody can judge if this is along the same quote-unquote vein pardon my joke uh, yeah uh, I see what you it's did me there. all right i like it great um so i think that's, yeah, that's that it. right now the ball's in your court <laughs> okay so rate and review us on apple Podcasts and spotify uh follow us on instagram at bonded books podcast join the facebook group even though i don't really do anything <laughs> with the facebook group but yeah, but get involved. <laughs> Email us book suggestions. Yeah, please. Bonded books podcast at gmail.com.